This episode is brought to you by Tanner Kinsley Royal LePage. Tanner is your guy for all real estate needs in Prince George. He offers complimentary home evaluations and customizable home searches. Using Tanner as a buyer's agent is completely free. Visit his website to find your next home. That's realestatepg.ca. You can also contact Tanner at 250-961-8700. That is 250-961-8700. Tanner Kinsley is your go-to real estate agent. Episode number five of Two Spruce Crew. My name's Cole Waldy, coming from Prince George, and he's Caden Fanshawe back in Burnaby. Uh, Caden, I am obviously here for the Winter Classic happening in a couple days. Um, how's the school life over in Burnaby this week? Well, you know, Cole, uh, it seems like the uh, mainstay school projects have uh, started to come in, so uh, the fun times are over. But uh, I'm looking forward to May 17th as my official end date. Lucky. I finish like mid to end of April, but then we have the internship. So, But tough missing two, two classes. Missed a quiz the other day, but it's a little bit of a bite in the butt. But what can you do, right? You move on and it's life. I'm sure Brian, Brian Weeb is not happy. All the mail is gone. He liked it. So I, my, my assignment for the week... I do the sports each week, uh, so he told me just do a like a beat story from the Winter Classic, 35-40 second little report on the tournament. Could take whatever angle I want at it, so that should be a fun one. Can't wait to can't wait to do that. Yeah, so yeah, that should be fun. Um, yeah, I mean it's exciting though. Can't wait for for this weekend, but we'll get to that later. Oh, just 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 want to add here first. Um, it's it's probably a good thing. I'm sorry that we are a day late here, but uh, honestly, more things happened in the last day for us to talk about. So it's probably better, anyways. It was meant to be. You were at the Cactus Club. I was at the Cactus Club in Langley last night, following my prestigious Langley Trappers Junior B game. <laughs> How'd that go? Um, honestly, very uneventful. Uh, two top teams, the North Van Wolfpack and the Langley Trappers. Um, Langley kind of dropped the ball and uh, probably heard some of the worst chirps I've ever heard on a PJHL ice surface. But <laughs> Holy, I love it. I absolutely love it. Should we get to Rick Nash? Yeah, let's go number one. Rick Nash, number 61. I would think you consider him the greatest Columbus Blue Jackets ever live. He has called it quits. Uh, respect to him. What was it? There's only like a handful of players from that draft that are still playing. But nonetheless, Rick Nash retires. What a career he had. Honestly, uh, I mean, the guy played for Canada in the Olympics uh, a couple times. Played some cool international stuff all around. I think he uh, made the right move to call her. I mean, I don't think torts is easy on anyone. And I think especially the older guys. I don't know how much I could handle torts. Yeah, no kidding. And just being with, I think he was he still with Boston. Like, was he still playing with the Bruins? Was he still underneath under their 
contract? Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was with the Bruins when he called her quits, I think. Yeah. Okay, so still, I mean, he didn't seem that effective with Boston since pretty much the entire time he was there. You could sort of tell he was getting kind of old and not really being, yeah, again, very effective, but nonetheless, heck of a career. Well, it's just, yeah, like nothing happened with him for a while. He'd be kind of, you know, very quiet over there in Boston, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, Boston's got the horses to go deep in the playoffs this year. Not a big loss with Nash calling the quits. And again, just a great time for him to, to call the quits. Best memory I think I have of Nash was, do you remember his goal against the Coyotes? I think it's my favorite goal of all time. Don't, uh, I don't recall. Cole, you have to run me through this. Okay, so we'll probably get the clip for something. But he, they were down by a goal with, I think, 30, 20 seconds left. And he got the puck at, like, in the neutral zone between the, his own blue line and the red line. Takes the puck, dances into the attacking zone, and did like two unreal dekes, like forehand, backhand, again, like around two different guys, like the exact same move, and then cut into his forehand and scored. I gotta show you a video. It's unreal. My favorite goal, probably, my favorite NHL goal of all time, actually, probably. Nicest one, anyways. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if you have a specific favorite Rick Nash memory, but uh, I don't know. Scored a lot of goals, and uh, I love the cannon in Columbus, so guy's a winner for me couple gold medals was on the 2010 olympic team won a world championship gold i think he didn't win i don't know i don't think he won world junior gold i think he was a silver medalist in world juniors no two but no yeah heck of a career shout out to rick nash number 61 in blue he gotta think his number's gonna get retired there he didn't win a cup but still he was a, a legend there speaking of uh retired numbers cole the one, the only, Jerome McGinlaw has his number 12 retired. Well, set to have it retired on March 2nd at the uh, good old Saddle Dome in Cowtown. I mean, that's going to be an absolute electric night. Probably one of the best Flames to ever live, if not the best. I mean, he's been so good to that city. Took them to the cup final in 4 which they probably should have won with the whole Jelena kicking it. They said he and the whole thing, crossing the line. The puck looked like it crossed the line. But I don't know. Yeah, imagine if there was, imagine if there was good video review back then. I know, man. It's pretty crazy. If this was 2019, that goal would count any day of the week, if you ask me. But no, I mean, what a career he had. He won a couple Olympic golds as well. He was on that 02 team as a young guy. He actually played with Joe Sackick in 02, so that's pretty cool. And then he won in 2010 as well. So Jerome again, an absolute stud, will be remembered as one of the Flames' greats. Big fan of him. Cole, like, as a Flames fan, like, is Jer- Jerome McKinley has to be up there with, like, one of the greatest of all time. I think he, oh, 100%, man. He is so influential, not just to his hockey team, but to the city of Calgary. Um, I mean, he's he lived in Kelowna for, he has a place in Kelowna, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he does. But, like, he just gives a lot back to Canada and to Calgary. Everyone knows who Jerome McGinley is. He did everything. He fought, he scored. He played on the top line when he had to. He played on the third line when he needed to. He killed penalties. He played on the power play. He was like a Swiss Army knife. Like, he really did it all. I actually have a good story about Jerome McGinley. I was eight years old, seven, eight years old, and my parents got me tickets. I didn't really like the Flames. I was just, I was more of a Canucks guy back then. And we get, we go back to the back of Rogers Arena, General Motors Place, it was called back then. And I was like, just trying to see some of the Canucks or whatever. And there, Calgary's bus is right there. And I was just a little kid looking for autographs. And someone comes out to me and my dad, and they say, do you want to come on the bus and meet the Flames? And this was when they had a Ginla, Kippersoff, 
Chris, Chris Simon, like all a bunch of guys, like a bunch of stuff. Craig Conroy, Commodore, Mike Commodore was on that team. What a guy. That guy is a character on and off Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, get this, I said no because I was too nervous. I was way too scared to do it, but that would have been something. I got in a Ginla story too. Um, so I don't know how old I was, probably 9 or 10. Um, my dad signed me up for uh, the OHA summer hockey school. Um, obviously trying to make me into a better hockey player because he probably thought I sucked. Um, rightfully so. Anyways, we're down at this uh, OHA in Kelowna at the Capitol News Center. Yeah, beautiful. And my camp like uh, had finished at about, uh, I think it was 7.30 a.m. until 11.30 a.m. every day, um, barring a few schedule changes. But anyways, there's a bunch of NHLers that uh, have summer houses in Kelowna that meet up at the Capitol News Center on the smaller rink side, and they play a game of shinny at lunch. And uh, in this group, um, there's like uh, Shea Weber and uh, Jerome Ginla. Um, I don't know, a couple other guys. I can't remember exactly who, but those are the two names that stand out. And uh, after practice, um, they come off the ice, and the dress rooms, obviously, they have to walk through and then walk out. And uh, this... One kid that I remember, um, his name was Leif, biggest Calgary Flames fan. He had a, a Ginla jersey. Him and his dad were there. They were trying to get a Ginla to sign it. And instead of, like, coming through, and, like, he definitely, like, a Ginla saw them. And I was standing right there. Um, a Ginla looked at the guy with the jersey and his kid and just walked out the back door. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, seems to be a pretty classy guy otherwise, but... Yeah, just a classless move there in the summer of, I don't know, somewhere 2009, 10. Yeah, what a guy. You know, he's got to be, he's, is he the greatest flame ever, Caden Fanshawe? Uh, I don't know, Lanny McDonald's mustache, that that, uh, that might be up there. Um, again, Lalo, definitely, definitely, uh, if not the best, he is tied with Lanny McDonald for the best. Can't really, can't disagree. I mean, he's, yeah, they're both studs. McDon- I guess maybe McDonald would have the edge over again because he won the Stanley Cup in 89. He didn't, but one went away. He's one short, but nonetheless, heck of a career. All right. Next thing, um, I mean, I love getting booed. I think it's hilarious, but uh, Jake Gardner doesn't, and uh, I don't I don't really know what the, the media Made it seem like uh, everyone was committing a crime. Whoever booed Jake Gardner, um, what's your stance? Like I know the Oilers get booed off the ice all the time because they are god awful in Edmonton, and I think they should get booed off the ice sometimes. But do you, what do you think? Should should fans boo the players, boo the team? Yes, and I say yes because it just shows how how passionate of fan bases are about their hockey teams, and I mean you see it morally in Canada. Because they expect to win. You know, they don't expect to see a crappy game every single time they go out and watch, right? So, um, I think it's okay. You know, it should send a message to the players, like a little slap in the ass, if you will. Um, I don't mind it. If they're they're not happy with the way they're playing, then do something about it, you know? Win a hockey game. Do something. Yeah, I think sometimes you need a swift kick in the ass, some of the players. And um, 
I don't know. It's done it a couple times in Edmonton. Craig McTavish used to get real fired up after they got booed off the ace at Rexall all the time. But I mean, uh, and I can see why. I, I can see why people don't like it. Um, you know, but like the bottom line, like the people, the coaches will say, yeah, they're trying their hardest, blah blah blah. Sometimes maybe their hardest isn't enough when they're playing shitty. I mean, like I'm, I totally against fans like throwing jerseys and stuff on the ice. That that's that's offside. Booing, I am okay with. That yeah, that's a completely different. That's a different ballpark. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a pretty interesting topic. I I wonder if we'll see it more with players. Gardner got a lot of hate last year. Remember when they played Boston Game Seven? I think he's like a minus four or minus five, and they're and they're blaming the whole loss on him and stuff. That's like. Yeah, I don't know. It's the whole cyberbullying and stuff on Twitter is different. That's, again, different different story. But booing, there's passionate fans, and it happens. Your favorite uh, time of the year in the Fort St. James, uh, whatever you want to call it, town, village. It's not a city. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure what you want to call it. Um, Sprague's Paradise. <laughs> yeah, we could call it that, too. Yeah, Trevor's Haven. <laughs> the BC Major Midget League Winter Classic this weekend in Fort St. James. Cole, you're going to be there. Uh, what are you most excited about? Uh, to call the games on cable TV. Um, we're calling it on in Prince Rupert, Terrace, Kitimat, Hazleton, and two other spots. I'm not exactly sure, but that's where the station goes out to. So that's going to be really exciting. Just the atmosphere. It's history, man. It's the first outdoor game. Um you know, Sprague and all those guys did such a good job to set it up for four days. But, you know, it's a, a lot of work. And, you know, I think the Chiefs are fired up to go up there and get four points against the Caribou Cougars. I mean, hopefully the Chiefs have a better game than they did on Sunday. Yeah, what happened there is a whole bunch of crap happened. They ended up, they escaped. Like, 5-4 win. Maybe could have been 5-3. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Well... What I, what I got told there, I ref Sunday morning just for people listening. Um, what I got told is that uh, the Chiefs were just absolutely going to destroy this uh, other innocent little major midget team, uh, GBC. And it ended up being a, a pretty close game, a bit of a barn burner, actually. Um, GBC scored first, I don't know, a minute in, it seemed like. Yeah, it was, it was actually 15 seconds if we're doing correct math here. 15 seconds. Okay, I didn't know it was that quick. But uh, anyways, yeah, GBC scored first, uh, and then we had a really controversial goal. Um, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Me and Cole still argue over this one. Uh, pretty sure Jeff Yurkar would probably try and fight me over this goal. <laughs> oh, probably. Verbal fight. Jimmy, Jimmy, I think, would probably fight me as well. But uh, I don't know. Uh, GBC went down. Um, is actually the Chiefs had the puck behind their net, defenseman, and I don't know. He turned it over somehow. Somehow the Chiefs guy got it, and I got caught. I was standing at the blue line uh, with the linesman, and then all of a sudden the GBC guy uh, is going in on net, and I'm like a stride into their offensive zone, and I just see the puck get batted in, or what I think is in, but it ends up in the goaltender's pants. And then from my angle, it looked like uh, Logan Turnett, the Chiefs goaltender, fell into the net, which he did. And I thought his upper half was actually in the net, which then constitutes a goal. So, I don't know. Cole doesn't... What do you, what do you think? Um, well, I don't know. What people will say to you is that 
well, you saw it from the blue line. How can you call that a goal if you can't see the, the puck cross the line? Which is fair, but if you see a puck going in, in the person's pants and you see him falling out, I mean, that's, that's your call. It could be a, res- it's a respectful disagreement, if you will. I don't think you could have called it a goal, but it, you called it a goal. And the bottom line, the Chiefs won the hockey game, so who really cares? I mean, the Chiefs had a close goal at the other end, too. I think the puck slid through that uh, GVC's goalie's five hole by about three inches over the line. Ooh, the game winner. The game winning goal. I was right there for that one, though. I Yeah, I thought he saved it. I thought he saved it originally, but then all of a sudden, I saw you in the big goal call. Oh, yeah, I think I pumped that one in about five times. Everyone in the whole universe knew that goal was in. Yeah, that was that was a good moment for, for the Chiefs. They needed that. They needed those points so bad. So good. They're now in second for anyone keeping count of your major major league standings. The Chiefs are buzzing right now, ladies and gentlemen, and then hopefully they can carry that in to Fort St. James and the Cosley Wooten for the outdoor game against the Caribou Cougars. Tune in on PlayfulScreen.com. It will be worth it. Cool. So the, the Chiefs jumped ahead of the Cougars now in the standings? Yeah, the Cougars had a bye week. <laughs> so that's why. They got two games in hand. But I think we're five points ahead now. Oh, okay. So, wait. Three points ahead. Three points ahead. Quick math. So a couple points ahead. Wow, that should be good hockey up there then. And then after this weekend, the Chiefs play the Fraser Valley Thunderbirds who are in first place. So these are four huge games. Obviously, the outdoor game's cool and stuff, but these are actually pretty huge games standings-wise. They want to be first by the end of the year. They, they want everyone... Coming into Burnaby 8 rings for the playoffs, so we'll see what happens. Better put in some more temporary stands there. Yeah, they're going to have to. We uh, That that place will be full in the playoffs, that's for sure. Well, and I, actually I wanted to say, too, the the games up there will have the luxury of a four-man officiating system. So, Caden Fanshaw, should we head to our interview with the legend Chris Joyce? Absolutely. Chris Joyce, for people who aren't sure, he plays professional in Norway. He's a former SJHL Most Valuable Player. He, and he's a goalie, by the way, so pretty cool accolade. He's also a former Quinnell Kangaroo. He talked about that of his low life of his career. We talked a bunch of stuff with Joyce. Uh, if you don't like swear words, then I would suggest you maybe skip through this. Just kidding, there's not that many. There's a couple, though. Just to let you fans know if you're listening with your, your loved ones, your young kids on Two Spruce Crew. A couple swear words with Chris Joyce. Yeah, just uh, uh, just want to add to uh, Two Spruce Crew is now an official uh, international podcast. Thanks to uh, Chris Joyce. Yeah, he called us from from Oslo, Norway. Pretty cool. So we'll have some more fans. I guarantee his whole team listens. I hope they do, anyways. If they speak English, which he said most of them do. Right. So we'll uh, we'll pass it on to Christopher Joyce, goaltender out of Oslo and a good PG kid. All right. Um, big guest here on this week's episode. He plays professional in Oslo, Norway. Uh, a good PG kid, uh, goaltender. He keeps the puck out of the net pretty good, if you ask me. Chris Joyce. Chris, what the heck is happening? How's it going, boys? So let's go. Let's, I may as well get right to it. Eh? First question: um, What's it like playing in Europe? Obviously, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit different playing in North America. But what's what's it like playing overseas, um, over in Norway? Uh, I don't know. The biggest time adjustment is just nine hours from home, so. It's tough to catch games, but uh, yeah, every, everything's uh, it's kind of fucked. Uh, guys are different. Uh, uh, it's it's a good experience. It's fun time. Uh, it's just like you're playing juniors, basically. Uh, just kind of wake up, sit around, go to practice. I love it. The best uh, good time. 
language barrier is different, so you kind of just walk around Google translating everything, but uh, it's a good time. What would you say is the biggest difference between uh, playing hockey over over in the North America area here uh, versus over there? Uh, well, ice, obviously, right? You got 20 feet uh, extra on each side, and then uh, just the, the style of play, like... Uh, you know, you won't get too many dump-ins or, um, you know, if you're, if you got a two-on-one or a three-on-two, like, guys stare you right in the face and, you know, they got all the time in the world to shoot, but they're, they're still passing the puck. So, um, it's just a, it's a lot of speed, a lot of skill, but, um, like, in my league, you're not even allowed to fight. If you fight, it's like a two-game, one-game suspension. So, uh, it's, it's definitely softer. That's not a myth when they say Europeans are soft. <laughs> um, I want to talk about your teammates because you – your Snapchat's outrageous. There's always uh, guys throwing beer around in your dressing room in the dark with spotlights and stuff. What the hell is going on over there, and what are your teammates like? Yeah, the guys are beauties. Uh, we're basically like a under-25 team. We have two guys who are 30. They both have kids. Uh, so it's just it's a weird mix, but they're beauties too. But, yeah, the whole liquor thing. Uh, every Friday we have a liquor lottery, so uh, – the juniors have to like put on what we call a show. So every Friday, like three guys have to bring in booze. And then uh, we just have these guys dress up in costumes and they just kind of rip around the dressing room. And uh, then we, we draw the names out of our hats. And then, uh, yeah, so just a little liquor, liquor lottery. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good time. So this, this liquor lottery, I mean, the liquor is different over there too. Like, uh, it, like, is it how much different is that? Yeah, it costs like three times as much. That's the biggest fucking difference. But uh, no, it's booze is booze, so you just count the percentage, and uh, so not that big of a difference. But uh, it just Norway's super expensive country, so it takes a lot to get drunk. <laughs> um, let's talk. I want to talk about. Okay, so I work for the Chiefs, obviously, and we're both familiar with with Matt Korshmar, um, yeah. good friend of the podcast. Um, do you have any good stories uh, about Corch when you were around him for however long you were with him? Uh, yeah, like <laughs> best part about Corch is that uh, first time I met him, uh, I don't know, I just know that uh, he would come to Penticton every summer, and uh, he even though he makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, he still looks for a, a place to crash for the weekend because he's so cheap. But uh, I think he stayed at four or five different uh, parents' houses and got kicked out of every single one for. Uh, <laughs> Drinking all the beer in their fridge and never replacing it. So that's that's Corch in a nutshell. <laughs> I you know what? It's like I remember I we brought him up the first time. I brought him up to you and you said, "Oh, I guarantee you, this guy will be on six different diets within a term of four months." And you yeah. couldn't have put it uh, in better words. That guy you is know, on a diet perfect. plan every single week. It seems like. Yeah, he's a beauty. He's actually a, he's a great coach too. But uh, yeah, he's a beauty. So. Court, you're a mess, but yeah, you're a great guy. So, bring you back to your Prince George days here. Uh, is anything stand out for you as far as memories go there? Uh, yeah, the best one was uh, my second year midget playing uh, midget tier one. We won the, the provincials, so that was yeah, that was big. But uh, other than that, I got cut a lot. But uh, that's whatever. That's hockey. But probably pissed me off enough to kind of keep going and uh, always try and uh, you know prove people wrong um the next thing i want to talk about you got a chance to go uh 
correct me if I'm wrong, was a camp with the LA Kings of the National Hockey League. What was that experience like getting a chance to, to play with a, a professional club like that? And did you get to meet any uh, big names while you were there? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was great. Obviously, um, cup of coffee, but I uh, went to development camp and rookie camp, main camp. So I met uh, Doughty and Quick, Kopitar, all those guys. Yeah, just really good guys. But uh, in hindsight, uh, maybe wasn't really ready for that last year. In the summer kind of just didn't didn't uh, understand it perfectly but uh, yeah you never know you hope to always try and get back there but pretty far away from there right now but uh, no it was a great experience for sure we learned a lot but uh, definitely don't know if I was ready for that at the time but uh, you know you live and you learn and definitely made me better. Which of those guys in the LA Kings probably stands out giving you a lasting impression like who is it like is a dowdy quick maybe underrated guy that does something crazy who is it uh no they're all just really good guys but kopitar was like uh, probably by far the the best guy uh, i remember he took like 20 rookies to his house during rookie camp and uh treated us all the stakes and whatnot so that was pretty cool like he, they don't have to do that right so most of the guys they you, they you know you don't really see them during development camp or rookie camp but uh a lot of those guys i'm sure they were pressured into coming but uh they were always around, just giving help in hand and just uh, chatting with you and whatnot. So, yeah, those guys were great. But, yeah, just like, you know, you always hear, like, really good guys. It's just kind of hockey. So, even at the highest levels, you know, they kind of chuck their egos at the door, even though they have 500 grand sitting in the parking lot. <laughs> um, Juice, okay, so I want to rewind back to the DP Todd days. We're two fellow DP Todders, uh, proud yeah. DP Todder, if you ask me. What was it like? I just want to take a rewind back to the DP Todd floor hockey days. Um, <laughs> I remember we played against you guys. You were the you guys were titled the dream team, and what I, I don't know. Like, I mean, just how cool is it in high school to, I guess, kind of play those intramurals throughout high school and you know such a good community. Yeah, it was awesome. Just a small school, right? But uh, yeah, it was cool. It was fun, and uh, kind of the best part was in grade twelve when uh, all the guys who went to PJSS and whatnot who uh, originally went to D.P. Todd in grade 8 or 9, came back. So um, that's how we put together the dream team. You know, it's tough to be with a roster like that. Chase Vitale, you know, 50 goal scorer in the Western League. So, uh, you know, you just you can't lose with a player like that. But uh, it was an unreal time. Um, so, yeah, we had like three or four guys come back at the trade deadline there after junior. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we just had a good time. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome. D.P. Todd was a treat. Beautiful school, nice facility. All right, so while you're at DP Tall, though, you're playing for uh, the infamous Caribou Cougars. Not Does a chance. Good Sprague memories for us. I know that guy's a handful. Yeah, Sprague memories. I think he cut me uh, first uh, cuts twice. I tried out for him, so uh, never played with Sprager. Used to hate him with my fucking whole life, but uh, he's actually a huge beauty. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely one of the guys who. Uh, I wanted to prove wrong all the time, so I never played Caribou Cougars, but uh, I went and played Junior B for Sycamus, so uh, yeah, fuck Sprager, fucked up on that one, but uh, he's a beauty. <laughs> um, let's go to your junior hockey days. You kind of were all around in the, the SJ a little bit, and you said Junior B as well. Um, do you have any good junior hockey memories that you can kind of pin out? Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. You probably got to ask more uh, detailed questions than that. You know, it's a four-year career. But uh, just to start off my junior Grizzled career, vet. Get, getting getting back to Sprager, which is uh, kind of a beauty move by him. It didn't work out. Was uh, 
when I was 17, I tried out for Sycamuse and I made the team. And then a week later, like a week before the season starts, a guy, David Reedman, who played for Caribou, just suddenly showed up. So it was kind of obviously, well, Sprager needed to find his guy a spot who just got cut from Grand Prairie. And uh, I actually just uh, got called in and the coach cut me. And then I was like, I knew it was Reedman and I was just so pissed off. So that was kind of the first time in my career I was like, uh, I told the coach, I said, fuck that. I want to try out against them. And then you should the coach was just shocked. So uh, he's like, okay, you're playing tomorrow. So uh, I played the next game and I won. And Reedman was just kind of sitting there. He was actually a great guy, but I was just like thinking about Sprague this whole time. Because uh, that summer I had actually tried out and he cut me before uh, camp even started. Basically cut me at goalie ice. So that's kind of how it kicked it off for me. And then just kind of the attitude I've had to have throughout junior was just uh, – you know, not really saying no and then carrying that on through till now. Just can't get that beard out of your head. No, not that, but he's a beauty. <laughs> so Saskatchewan's a pretty crazy place. You play in the SJ a little bit. Um, what's uh, what's the craziest part of the prairies? Uh, well, I lived in the LaRange, Saskatchewan, which is about as north as you can go uh, with cell service. So, um, uh, yeah, it was two towns uh, on an Indian reserve, basically. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy there. Um, yeah, it was unreal, though. Actually, just uh, got an opportunity to play, I guess. Kind of uh, things fell through with other teams. And then it was just kind of my last-ditch effort when I was 19 to play Junior A. And then uh, I just went out there. And, yeah, it worked out for sure. Um, I'm just looking at your hockey DB. And you played two games with probably the best team name I've ever seen, the Quinell Kangaroos. Um, yeah. What team is that, Joyce? And um, what was it like playing th- for those guys? Yeah, that was a low point in the career. Uh, last year, uh, after I went to uh, LA's camp, and then I was in the coast for another cup of coffee, and then uh, just didn't work out. So I was sent down to the SP, and then, like I said, I just wasn't really ready for uh, the grind of North American pro. You're just kind of a, you're just a, you're just another piece in the puzzle. So I was just getting, I just didn't know what to do, and I, uh, I went home. And then uh, when I went home, I lost my work visa So in the States, so I couldn't actually go back. When other teams called, they were like, oh, your visa's gone, right? So I was kind of screwed. So at that point, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know where I'm going to go. Don't know what I'm going to do. So uh, Quinnell Kangaroos called me up, uh, senior league uh, in Quinnell. And then uh, I was just waiting. It was probably three weeks I'd been home. So just played a couple games with them. Uh, you know, went one and one, got lit up both games, or at least the first game, and then, uh, yeah, made a couple bucks just to keep me afloat till I uh, hopped across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> this is a question, a burning question that everyone's been wanting to know, because you know, only some people. Actually, a rewind back to when you were in high school, the Chris and yeah. Kirk show. You and Kirk Hards made a yeah. show in high school every week, and I remember that, like that, had the school buzzing. Um, yeah. Can you tell people for who aren't sure about the Chris and Kirk show, one of the funniest things, one of my funniest high school memories I've ever seen? Yeah, so uh, me and Kirk, we were just, one day we were sitting at his house and it was just pouring snow. We couldn't even go on his rink, so we just started uh, talking, just talking, and then we just started recording, right? So one thing led to another. We had this like little show going, right? We'd just call people and thought we were so cool, whatever, right? So kind of got pretty big, but uh so how it kind of ended was uh, <laughs> we were in science class and uh, we had this teacher, Miss Doherty, and uh, this kid showed up in class uh, 
just like high as shit. Like he was just at the dentist, he said, right? So he was just super high and we just started videotaping him. And then uh, Miss Doherty, she was, she was out to lunch. Um, he has no idea what's ever going on. He had no clue what was going on, but we're just videotaping her. And um, <laughs> so that's going on. And then our buddy, Nathan Warren, he was uh, going to PGSS at the time, but we were like, Nathan, just come to our, come to our science class. We have a test today, but she's just going to like walk by you. I bet you she'll hand you the quiz. So he, he comes into our science class and we video this whole thing. And then I'm just like, yeah, this is my friend, Jim. Jim's like, he just transferred. He's from like out of town. I think he's from Vernon and then blah, blah, blah. He had like his science book and she just gives him the quiz. But like before we'd even said who it was. And then like, uh, he gave him the quiz. He fills out the quiz, goes, drops off. He's like, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm Jim. I transferred here. She's like, oh, sorry. Let me look at my computer. And then after that, he just kind of walked out the, walked out the door. And then we, uh, so we got this all on video and then we posted it or whatever. Right. And then, uh, a couple weeks later, Mr. Halpappy, the VP, uh, he, he's seen it all. And then one day me and Hart get called in the office and our parents are already there. And there's like, there's like, there's two or 300 pages of just Facebook, just people commenting everything, like crazy stuff, like just chirping Batoa's mom, uh, videos of cards and barfs just going at it. And, uh, we actually got suspended for three days and then, uh, we were banned from having uh, electronics at school for like six months. So yeah, it was hilarious, but what a time that was, but just another three days suspy on the, on the card. What, um, did they make you delete all of them or do you still have some hiding in the attic somewhere? Yeah, we had to delete the Facebook page, but I'm pretty sure hard still got some, uh, that he watches late at night to, you know, remember when he was relevant. <laughs> We're gonna have to get him on the pod to try and yeah. figure something out. Holy fuck, that's hilarious! So the Chris and Kirk show—I honestly, I've never heard of it. But you get a three-day sussy. What do you do yeah. on these three days? It had to be like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like what kind of stuff? Oh yeah, it was just a field day. Uh, probably played a little Modern Warfare two back in the day, but uh, yeah, that was outrageous. That was uh, that was a good time. I, I can't remember exactly Fanshawe what I did uh, for those three days six years ago, but. If I remember, I'll come back on and let you know. <laughs> Next thing, um, I want to go back to LaRange. Uh, on a serious note, um, you knew some of the players, I believe, that uh, were involved in the Humboldt crash. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, what was it like, I mean, hearing that news about the, the whole story of, of last year? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was brutal. Uh, Bryce Fisk, one of my uh, best friends from LaRange, the uh, first day I was in LaRange, he was kind of the kid who... He's a local kid, so uh, he kind of just took me in and uh, ate pregame at his house all the time. So, yeah, it was brutal. Uh, I was actually in Saskatchewan when it happened, so uh, it was terrible. I went to the hospital and stuff. Yeah, you just it's tough to talk about, but uh, you know, you got to remember those guys, and uh, it's just it's brutal, right? Because uh, you spend so many hours on a bus, and uh, personally, just knowing a few of the guys and having driven that road, like. 30 or 40 times over two years it's uh it's pretty crazy how uh you know things can change in uh you know five seconds um let's go back to norway um you know you've mentioned the whole thing in the dressing room do you have any memorable stories so far from uh your time so far uh over in oslo yeah i mean it's just the little things like uh the guys just have no clue like how how it's supposed to work right like uh um like the whole league is sponsored by coca-cola so like after the first period you look around and there's like at least 12 guys just 
guzzling cokes and it's unreal so you know my little joke like after the game i'll just grab a coke and it's just you know it's your recovery and guys like they'll just eat hot dogs in like waffles here so people are just crushing hot dogs and waffles like all the time uh just stuff like that it's oh my god cole aldi and them would be big friends <laughs> yeah yeah grill pulse yeah it's outrageous so just like the little things that guys do like today at practice uh everyone's low on sticks you know half the guys have sticks and you just <laughs> this one guy breaks a stick uh you know just at the top of his shaft maybe four inches down and then the guy right next to him takes it cuts it off and uh <laughs> now it's his size it's outrageous you're either, yeah, it's always um, you mentioned on. the language barrier is a little bit tough. Is it is Norwegian language? Is that is that what you're learning or what? Yeah, Norwegian language. All the guys speak uh, English, so that's fine. But uh, just or do they just speak know. Viking? Yeah, a little bit of Viking, but uh, all the guys speak English, and our coach is English too, which is nice. But um, just like little things, like we only have three imports right now, so um, sometimes we had for a while we had just me and uh, the other guys were injured, so the whole dressing room would just be talking Norwegian, right? So you're basically just staring at your thumbs. You mentioned the, the ice is a little bit different, but what, what's the league like? Is it more, I guess this could be answering my question while I'm asking it, but is it more in a, a European style for the most part, or how many North Americans and Europeans are in it uh, in this league? What's it like? Yeah, I mean, compared to other leagues, you would say it's definitely more North American, I guess, because... Um, we're actually allowed eight imports or maybe seven, whatever. But so that, I mean, the top teams in the league all have guys who have a lot of uh, North American experience, like in the ECHL or the AHL. So um, it's definitely not like crazy Euro Swedish hockey type, um, which is just super, super Euro. But uh, it is for the most part, uh, just different, soft, really fast, uh, pretty skilled. So it's a blend, but yeah, having, uh, you know, a most, six or seven eight teams have at least six north american guys right so um but no fighting think, over there i think there's like 50 or like 30 30 canadians maybe i'm wrong maybe 20 canadians but it's only a nine or ten team league depends on the year so um that's a significant chunk right then 20 americans or so and then obviously uh, a lot of swedes will come here if they're not playing in the shl so um yeah what kind of drew you there though uh joycer uh, I was just like I said, I was playing for the Quinell Kangaroos, so uh, anything really was better. But uh, yeah, I just kind of hopped out of the blue. My uh, agent from North America, um, he had had players who had came over here, so he got me in contact with like a, another agent, and uh, yeah, I literally uh, just wanted to play, right? So uh, kind of came up, and I actually came on a tryout. So uh, it's just like so weird. Like I come here on a tryout, and they have like an import goalie, and then. I just practiced for a couple of days and the coach was like, okay, I'm going to sign you. So he like, what would they call it? They, they fired the goalie and then they signed me. So it's just like so scummy, right? You don't really think that's how it works. You know, it's not like at home where maybe you keep three goalies or something, but like they literally just fired this guy. And then, um, so it's kind of weird shit like that happens all the time. So you, you have a contract, like, you know, it is somewhat guaranteed, but like if they want to just fire you, they'll just kind of push you out, right? They'll just say, okay, you're not playing. We don't want you to practice, right? So no one's just going to sit there and not play, right? So eventually, you know, the guy's just going to be like, all right, take me for the rest of the month and then uh, get me out of here. Okay, Joy, sir, let's go to your um, fantasy hockey team. You and Kirk <laughs> have a fantasy hockey team, kind of kicking the shit out of everybody, including myself. Um, talking about me yeah. here, I really dealt my entire team pretty much. Um 
just, oh, just give me a brief nine. report for the people who aren't sure about how big of uh, how good your fantasy hockey team is. Yeah, just so everyone knows, Waldy started 0 and 9, 0 and 10. So uh, I don't and know. And I shipped house. But he's awful. Yeah, uh, you know, me and Kirk Hartz, we run a fantasy uh, franchise together, uh, Absolute Wagon. Uh, so it's a good time. It's kind of funny because I'm nine hours ahead, so I can't really watch any games, but uh, I usually do actually stay up. But um, So we kind of work the clocks around, around 24-7. We always got someone up, but yeah, it's a good time. It kind of keeps you in touch with the boys too, right? So that's fun. Yeah, it's nice to keep up on tabs and whatnot. You talked me into trading, what was it, Will Butcher and someone random for Riley Smith and OEL. Is that what it was? Yeah, you gave me Smith, OEL for, uh, I don't know, three guys who ended up back on the waiver wire. Just an embarrassing trade by you. <laughs> Butcher, Falk, and Koivu, I think that's what it was. Yeah. But, I mean, those guys have upside. <laughs> Maybe for a day. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, like right. the the whole lifestyle over Norway, obviously different. Uh, yeah. Other aside from hot dogs, sounds pretty North American. Is there any like crazy Norway food you tried? Uh, Norway's just weird like that. Like if you ask a Norwegian what's in like Norwegian food, like they they honestly don't really know what to tell you. Like, um, just like a lot of meat and potatoes and whatnot. But uh, just like all of Europe is very different in terms of like uh, breakfast is not like big here. Like. People will just kind of have a coffee and then uh, maybe like people will just have like a piece of cake for breakfast, which is really weird. And uh, also like the, the biggest uh, difference uh, for here is like Sundays, everything is shut down basically. So you like you can't even go to a grocery store, you know, the odd one has like a, a small section open. So Sundays are uh, for God. Yeah, exactly. But no one's religious here, so it doesn't make any sense. Norwegians are like on their own time, like. If you need something done, like say it's, you know, just the little things like uh, whatever it is, ordering something or getting something installed or fixed, like could take you two days. It's, it's going to be a couple weeks. So sometimes I'll just ask for something that I know I'm going to need in two weeks and it, it'll, it'll be there in three. So <laughs> do you drive over there? Uh, yeah, we have a car between the imports. Uh, it's okay. We actually have electric vehicle, so that's nice. But, uh, they have a train system, bus system, so for the most part, uh, I'm just ripping around on the train, so that's fine. It's um, I live like 10 minutes outside of downtown, so um, you know I'll usually just train downtown, but uh, drive to the rink and whatnot, just like that. But uh, yeah, you could definitely go without a vehicle here. Um, yeah, it's it's a good city. Uh, they're trying to actually have by like five years from now, like no gas vehicles, so it's uh, it's different. Like a Tesla is a fairly average car to see here. Um, looking at the your stats this year, uh, do you ever get days off? Jesus Christ, you've played 23 games, and the next closest guy has played eight. Um, you ever, as a goalie, um, how nice is it to know that, you, you, I guess, your coach has confidence in you uh, every single night? Yeah, <laughs> uh, the best part is I was actually not here for the first seven games of the season. So, uh, yeah, you just I play every night. It's, it's, it's so different, but it, it's nice. I love it for sure, but... It's really funny. Like he'll he'll say the lineup. He doesn't even say my name. Humble brag. But no, it's different. It's nice. You just kind of go out and play all the time. But uh, yeah, it's tough. It's whatever. We're uh, we're like seventh out of nine teams, so we're struggling, but uh, we're getting better. 
What's the playoff format like in Norway? Does everyone make it, or is there only a certain amount of teams? What's it like? Yeah, one team misses this year. Last year we had uh, 10, but then uh, two went bankrupt, and then one came up from the second division. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that happens all the time, is teams will just go bankrupt, or they just decide they don't have enough money for the season to compete in the league. So, uh, yeah, playoffs is one through eight, and which it's kind of cool, actually. Uh, the first seed picks either eight or seven, so it's not just one versus eight, two versus seven, et cetera. So the first seed will pick, uh, you know, seven or eight, and then the second seed will pick um, either six, seven, or six, eight, whatever it is, and so on and so forth. So sometimes teams will switch it up and whatnot. So uh, yeah, we'll see. What are the crowds like over in Norway? Are they are they usually loud or is it empty? What's it usually like? Uh, it depends on the rink, um, but yeah, they're never really empty at all. But yeah, one thing about European hockey is like, you know, even in Norway, it's not a huge thing, but you just have like super, super loyal fans, right? So guys are just, they're chanting the whole game, right? Like just crazy Norwegian chants the whole time. And then especially some of the bigger clubs will, like their fans will travel, like 200 people will come to the game and just uh, even even three-hour trips, right? So it's pretty sweet, just banging drums. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, actually. Some of the stuff, like, you don't really know what they're saying because it's a Norwegian, but it's actually unreal. Just so you, you sometimes you're in like a, a rink that's not even a complete full bowl, you know, just three quarters, but it's like really loud, just constant. And then the the, the top four or five clubs have you know real nice rinks and they're electric. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. The fans are yeah, fans are unreal. Is is there a place that you look forward to going to in this league? Yeah, uh, top Stavanger which is, uh, I think, south. Um, that's a really sweet place. They've won the league a ton. And then Stavanger, Storhammer, those two teams have the nicest ranks and, you know, the most money, the most fans. So those places are uh, pretty sweet. Um, everyone else is pretty good, uh, but those two are by far the best. So those, those are the teams that are, you know, most fun to play with. George, I think that's perfect, exactly what we need. Thanks for... Um taking the time to to give us a call and, and talk to us and get get you on the podcast you've been a guest we've uh wanting to get uh do you have any final thoughts before we let you go yeah just for all the listeners out there uh shout out to tanner kinsley from royal lepage uh just a great seller and a uh, sponsor of the podcast also sponsored me to come on here the guy is he's he's a legend and uh yeah he's a spark plug too he'll he'll find you a house absolute beauty Kinsel is thanks again Joyce for taking the time to talk to us um, happy new year and good luck the rest of the season yeah happy new year boys have a good one there he was Chris Joyce great great interview again I mentioned earlier that's got to be the best interview we, we've done so far in these five episodes so the uh, no I thought the Rich Abney interview is like really funny I thought that was number one for a while but uh, yeah Chris Joyce has managed to top it that's for sure yeah, he's a comedian. I, he's one of those guys that you just talk to and laugh at everything he says. That's kind of the vibe I get from him every single time I talk to him. So, like, I haven't even like met him in person. I don't. I maybe once before, but uh, oh no, the guy. We were howling. Right. Well, uh, I mean, I know you guys, all of our listeners, have been waiting for this all week long. So, uh, I mean, cut to the chase here. Our weekly bachelor update. Um, I, I didn't watch the episode this week. I actually uh, had to do a school project. But uh, thank God Cole did. Um, what happened? He, like, they go on like these one-on-one dates or whatever, and they're, they're kind of cute, I guess. 
Um, my favorite, Hannah B. She got a one-on-one -on -one date. I was pretty fired up about that. And she stayed. She got a rose and everything. So that was basically the, the part I watched. I don't really care about anybody else. Um, I do know. I found out there's a, little, there's a little heat. So Hannah B. is Miss Alabama. And she lost to someone who's in a to North Miss North Carolina and she's in the show too. So it's not, it's, that's so dumb, but it's, it's, it's garbage TV and I love it. hundred percent. The producers did that on purpose. hundred percent. Um, I can't wait to see what kind of drama happens because always some kind of crazy shit happens in this show. I do believe I confirmly believe confirmly. Is that a word? Uh, you just made it one. I think this guy is actually a virgin. I think it's legit. After hearing some of the conversations, you got to watch it. Though. I can't really say what he said. I don't want to mix up any quotes. I don't want to get in trouble here on Two Spruce Crew. Um, but no, I believe it. I think he is. It's pretty crazy. I mean, honestly, if he is, that's quite a, quite a, quite a move. I mean, being I would applaud him for that. That's that would be honestly very tough to do. I think. All right, and. Uh, just to, to wrap things up here, um, I just want to tell a little bit of a tale here. It'll be short and sweet about uh, a recent refing excursion here uh, at Planet Ice Delta. Delta Academy hosted, uh, a, they call it the Winter Classic. They had uh, midget prep division of CSSHL schools along with some schools from the United States. Um, and one of these teams that came from the United States of America was the Phoenix Junior Coyotes all the way from the desert. And uh, can you guess who was coaching this team, Cole? Oh, Shane Doan. Shane Doan. Shane goddamn Doan. And his kid was playing. Good hockey player? Um, uh, my scouting report uh, after refing one of their games was... Uh, Kid, not a great skater, maybe a little under uh, below average there, but some of the shots that this kid wired at the goalie, I honestly felt bad for that attendee. He, he shot from the top of the circle um, and put it like front bar to the back, like just under the front bar, deflected off of it, and then under the back bar, and it snuck, like it got stuck in the net. And like I didn't even, like I thought the puck went out of play. And then he started celebrating, and I was like, oh, yeah, it is in the net. Seems to be a common occurrence, actually, with me. I don't know if a puck's in the net. <laughs> oh, my God. It's happened a couple times, eh? Yeah, but, uh, no, long story short here, uh, Shane Doan, he, uh, he's an, officially an assistant coach for this team, but he, uh, he, he's got some, uh, some power behind the bench, some experience, and uh, I don't really know why he's not the head coach. Um, probably because his kid plays, probably can't hold the title. But he is a absolute mouthpiece, that guy. Oh, it, if there is something to argue about, he'll yell, wave his arms. He'll let you know. Oh, yeah. Honestly, probably crossed the line a couple times. Uh, probably should have benched him. Maybe even tossed Shane Doan himself. But, I mean, I actually like kind of regret not tossing him. It would have been pretty cool to be like, yeah, I tossed Shane Doan. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool, though. Did, did you actually like, meet him or anything after the game, or is it just kind of see him and leave? So, 
the uh, the most Canadian move I've ever seen from uh, a guy who's played in the States for a long time. Obviously, he's still Canadian, but um, he at the end of the game, the, none of the other coaches ever do this. Um, so, like, all the players come shake your hand, whatever, whatever. Um, and then the coaches usually just shake each other's hands and head off the ice. But Donor, Donor walked all the way across the ice in his little black, shiny dress shoes he's got there. You know, those are Italian. And, uh, no, walks all the way across the ice and uh, gives us a nice handshake. And even though he's just yelled at you for the last two and a half hours and made your life a living hell, uh, you know, he says, uh, yeah, good game. And, uh, yeah, thanks. And so, uh, yeah, I was a little starstruck, honestly. I, I was like, ah, I, I, uh, good job. Good job on spitting checklist, man. Love the podcast. <laughs> I, would, I really would have loved to get a picture, but uh, that's really fanboyish. I mean, the the surprising thing is normally this midget prep hockey division is like four man refereeing because it's pretty it's pretty fast. It's faster than major midget usually, and uh, it's four man usually. And because it's this tournament, they requested to have it three three guys only. So I was referee, so I am skating my little ass off out there. Honestly, I don't think I've ever skated so hard in 60 minutes of uh, playing time. And, uh, I mean, obviously when you're skating that hard, you miss a couple things. You can't see the whole game. But, uh, yeah, Shane Doan thought uh, there was no excuses. I should have seen everything and anything that happened on that ice. And uh, I should have been able to explain everything and anything that happened on that ice. But, uh, all right, well, that does it, eh? I think that's a good way to end the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Episode 5. If the audio is bad, it's because we're in different places. We're still trying to figure this whole thing out. I'm going to try and edit this all together and make it sound as best as I can. Um, Caden Fanshawe, it's always a pleasure. I honestly can't wait to be home next week so we can actually be in the same place and there'll be no audio issues. There we go. I can't wait. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to Two Spruce Crew. We'll see you next week. Uh, again, another great guest is coming going to be a dandy. Bye now.